0: episode I talk with Stephen Scoggins. He started out from humble beginnings and eventually built multiple businesses, most recently the Journey Principles. You'll find right from the start that he's a great speaker and he has a lot of great stories, but especially that he'll show how if we pay attention to the people who are coming along in our lives to sort of guide us and, and basically speak into our lives and teach us, we can really go after all the things that we want. And he likes to share that with people. Definitely hang in there for later in the conversation, one of my favorite parts where he talks about the light, as well as when we get into my favorite question, what he's curious about next. So here we have it, Stephen Scoggins. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? I'm pretty excited here. We're just after Thanksgiving. And I was so looking forward to a conversation with you because you sort of bring in like 10 times the energy needed, which is what I love because then I don't have to do as much of the work. So it's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> I hope um, you had
1: a great holiday. So I
0: did. I did. It's so good to see family. You know, I think that's the best part of yeah. it.
1: You know, we actually had an extended family. We had our, our JP family. We had my my initial family. We had my wife's uh, family. So we had a we had a big family. We fed about thirty some people. So.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's exciting! How fun! Oh that's yeah, we had a fun. Place. So I wanted to start with how we met, which is kind of funny because you're officially my very first person to come approach me to get on the show. So I think um, one of uh-huh. your team saw another podcast interview that I did with a different person and mm-hmm. liked it and approached me and it was so exciting to have someone come oh, that's awesome. over to the show. Yeah. So thank yeah, you John Yeah.
1: Josh is a really good guy. He's my, he's, he's my publicist and uh, he is uh, he's always on the lookout for really creative, really uh, life giving, really, um, uh, really exciting shows that help people get unstuck or kind of get on their way in life, which is kind of our, you know, kind of our mission. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he approached me and said, you got to check out this podcast. I'm like, "Oh, okay, awesome. And then you and I had that initial first call to kind of just kind of get to know each other a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this lady's awesome. We're going to have to talk to her.
0: For sure. <laughs> I know we have things to talk about. All right, right. So, um, let's tell the audience a little bit about what you do and then we'll kind of backtrack and find out how you got there. Cause I think it's such a cool story.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, well, if I look at what you call the business card title, which is what uh, your marketing folks tell you you're supposed to say about yourself, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, they would consider me a best-selling author, entrepreneur, uh, inspirational speaker, and philanthropist, um, along with being a master life strategist. For what the, for what that's worth, um, it's a, all it is is a, it's a lot of different ways to say I like to help people. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, well,
0: those are some great titles, though. Master life strategist. That one's pretty. Yeah. That sounds pretty darn good.
1: Yeah, they've recently coined a new nickname, um, recently called, calling me the seed planter. I have this ability, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if—well, uh, I say I have this ability. I've been told I have this ability to sit down with somebody for the first time um, and plant uh, a specific kind of seed based on a specific kind of season of life they're in um, to help them kind of get unstuck and onto an, another level or another, another degree. Um, I don't do it intentionally. I just it's, it's one of those things where I'm just trying to listen to where their needs are and hopefully uh, and kind of help them recognize what the roadblocks are and just kind of bring awareness to it, because I think a lot of times we're walking around the walking around the world, and we're not really really aware of our true roadblocks. We we have an idea of what we think they are, and most of the time it's it's much deeply uh, deeply rooted uh, than just the initial snapshot. So I uh, I founded the Journey Principles Institute. Mm-hmm. In March of 2015, so I'm the CEO and the founder of that, uh, that led me to this uh, what I call life creation moment uh, where I do spend time trying to breed new life into people as I come in contact with them, whether it's on a stage, uh, whether it's on a, a radio show or a podcast like yours, any mm-hmm. kind of way that I can actually help give back. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've come to realize we, we end up serving the people we once were. And, you know, I was a, used to be a homeless kid. I grew up in uh, extreme poverty, uh, broken family, things of that nature. And then uh, through a miracle, through a... a, (laughs) a great deal of miracle, miraculous events. I, I've, I've went on to create some pretty successful businesses, uh, multi, multi-million dollar businesses in multiple States. And, you know, so all of that is to say that, uh, I've went through a tremendous amount of hurt, pain and, uh, and tremendous, and a tremendous amount of overcoming adversity only to realize where the principles really were and how to apply those principles to a day in a day life. I think it's one of the reasons why I'm able to sit down with most folks and, Kind of come from a place of empathy and sympathy to a degree, without letting the, without letting the conversation go to victim mentality. So uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of a I guess a snapshot <laughs> for I, I guess for the listeners. Um, so I don't know if that's is that enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we just finished up. We're wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. No, I want it. Yeah, that was that was a really good snapshot. Now I'm going to deep dive into a few of those things because um, your story is so good. So oh, the thanks. first thing, going back to the even the seed planting. There's this thing in life where we cross paths with people for you know a moment, maybe for mm-hmm. two minutes in a line, or an hour somewhere, or next to them on the plane, and mm-hmm. sometimes those things seem so random. And I think that's probably what you're doing with the seed planting. It's within you, and it's meant to happen, and mm-hmm. it just happens. And oh, absolutely, um, we need to pay, pay attention to those things, don't you think? Like, was there a point a point in your life where you started noticing those seeds being planted in you where you went, Oh, that was a moment for me. That was, that's going to make me grow.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, I had this, um, <clears throat> when I, when I was, I, what I call breaking free or, or your breakthrough moment where you your moment when you're, where you're that caterpillar that's, or, uh, that you're finally getting, or you finally kind of rustle up this cocoon, you kind of break mm-hmm. free and you're kind of now the butterfly, you know, growing up in an environment that I grew up in, for whatever reason, one of my father's supervisors um, and I, my, my dad was gone most of my life but uh, around the age of 13, 12, 13, 11, uh, I began working construction part-time uh, with him during the during most of the summers, most of the you know, vacation days after school and his supervisor, a guy named by the name of Steve Myrick, uh, for whatever reason would pull me down and talk to me about life. He would talk to mm-hmm. me about selling real estate and and how houses worked and how my grandfather uh, who who suffered from alcoholism and my father who suffered from alcoholism if I could avoid doing these three things how my life would be different how they're how they should have been multimillionaires and then they you know let it let it slip through their fingers because of the the alcoholism and because of the character and integrity and he just really really fed me a lot and you know at eleven twelve thirteen years old because it happened over several years. You don't really think about it in that moment where that seed's been planted or where you're really thinking about it. But I do remember one conversation specifically that he came to me about um, when he was trying to, I think, help me understand really where I was in life. And I was about 13 and a half, 14 years old. And he told me the story about a friend of his that uh, had been a reporter for the New York Times. And the New York Times reporter had spent all this time really trying hard to find um, a story. And part of what he did was he he was able to come across a story and his his editor said, you know what? We want to do a story on the top 10 things that make people successful. The top mm-hmm. 10 things that the differences between a successful person and an unsuccessful person. And he said, You know what? That sounds like a great plan. I, I like that. Well, as the reporter left, and they could keep, keep in mind, this is this is a 75-year-old man telling me the story. <laughs> I think trying to break through to my thick skull. He tells me, he goes, you know, he goes, but he goes, he said, but the guy stopped and he realized That really, it wasn't as important to find out what the seven steps to becoming successful were. It was about finding out the steps to prevent you from becoming success successful. You know, finding out those those hurdles, those roadblocks, those those stumbling things, stumble over over and over again. I heard it once uh, said one time. We take the same test over and over until we pass it. So anytime we don't pass the test, we just have to take it again. So, mm-hmm. but he's telling me the story and he, and he says, so the guy goes to uh, where the bridge connects to New Jersey and New York and there's a homeless camp there. And uh, mm-hmm. having been homeless myself for a little short period of time. I can tell you there's two types of homeless people. The first person is someone like myself who's, who's, who's had a set of circumstances that puts you in an area in life that you wish on, you don't wish on your worst enemy, but over the course of a, a short amount of time, you're able to break free. And there's others that finally adopt that way, adopt it as a gypsy mm-hmm. way of life develop a camp. You have five or six people living together, honestly, um, fighting over different things. And, and, you know, that really, it's really because of almost like a gypsy camp. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately for me, mine was the latter or that was the prior, not the latter. Um, but he, come, he, he ran across a man and I want to say, he said, the man's name was Kenny, I think. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, he ran across a guy named Kenny, uh, Dartmouth. And I don't know if the, if the name's true or not uh, 100% because he was telling me a story. But he said, as he's talking to this guy, um, he bumps up to him. And He's like really kind of skittish at first. He's kind of like, you know, stay away from me. I don't know who you are. You're obviously not from this camp. Uh, you have shoes on, <laughs> you know. Right. So, uh, so he looks at the guy and he, and he says, hey, look, I'm, I'm not here to cause any trouble. I'm just I'm just curious. I'm, I'm here. I'm with the New York Times. I'm, I'm here to do a story on, you know, what it takes to become successful. And the guy kind of looked at him like, oh, so what are you doing here? You know, even instinctively, the guy kind of knew that he hadn't kind of lived up to his full potential. He goes, I'm just curious, what do you think led you here? He goes, I've asked myself that question many, many times. He goes, he goes, I think, I think this is where it comes from. He goes, you know, when I was like 16, 17 years old, my, my dad was a great dad and we were, we had a great type family, but my mom developed cancer and she passed away, you know, within six months of finding out she had cancer, like stage four. Mm-hmm. And the moment that happened, my, my dad changed. He began drinking all the time. Um, he, began, he, he began becoming abusive without actually physically lifting his hands, saying mm-hmm. very critical things, very angry things, very hurtful things. And my brother and I just finally had enough. And so we both left the house, you know, around 16, 17 years old. And to be honest, I haven't seen my brother or my dad since. And, you know, so I really think back of why I'm here. It's just, you know, I, I, you know, I struggle with alcoholism. My dad did. I, I struggle with anger. My dad did. I, I struggle with difficulties in life. My dad did. And, you know, so really with a father like that, you mm-hmm. know, what would you expect? And he goes, man, wow, that really just takes me. He goes, man, I, I'm, I would have never thought those things. He goes, wait a minute. You said you had a brother what's your brother's name? And he tells him his brother's name and he says, well, have you seen your brother? He said, well, you know, I haven't seen him since we were, you know, since we were teenagers. And to be honest, I've always wondered where he's at and what's going on in his life. So they kind of completed the interview up. So meanwhile, the, he, the guy gets back in his car, you know, and begins driving back towards the city, back towards New York City. Right. And he's come forward, he's like, where is this? He goes, this guy, his brother. What if I could find this guy's brother and bring him back to him? What if right. I could reunite them? That would be an even better story than the successful story. That would be like a powerful story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he stops off in the, at the nearest phone booth. And, and for those who are my age and above, a phone booth those <laughs> devices. It's like, it's like a box that has a phone that you put a quarter <laughs> in. And, and then you make a phone call. <laughs>
0: and then there's you know? a giant phone book in there, like printed. Exactly. Exactly. Like, just, like six page. inches thick.
1: Yeah, like you like used to bust your knees open when you try to hold it with your knees. Right. So this guy stops. He opens up the phone book. He goes through the class, you know, what the, I guess you call the white pages, essentially like mm-hmm. the class for phone numbers. He opens it up. He's going line by line. He can't find the guy's name. He said, man, I really wish I could find the guy's name. So he says, you know, what? I'm gonna go a step further. They have the business white pages. So he begins scrolling through the business white pages and he comes across three men that have the same name. Mm. Uh, one of which owns an automotive place, another of which owns a deli and another guy um, who had a, who had, who, had, who had an office on fifth and that's all we could find out. So he stops by the first place. He says, you know, that, you know, ask for the guy he says, no, that guy's not my brother. I'm not, you know, my, I'm, I'm from Sicily and, and this thing, another, and then he stops by the other place and he says, you know, that's not my brother. And he goes, well, man, says so two down. I've got, I've got three people. I said, I really hope this next guy's it. So lo and behold, he pulls his car up. Bumper to bumper traffic. Mm-hmm. Finally, here, um, pays the meter, hops out of the car, looks up, and to the right-hand side of his face, he sees on the marquee, he sees the guy's name. Oh. He says, what, is, what is this? I wonder who this guy is. So he walks inside, goes to the reception's desk, and says, look, I'd, I'd like to see so-and-so. And the guy goes, you know, I'm sorry, he doesn't see anybody without an appointment. And he goes, huh. mind asking him, just buzzing him and asking him if he has a brother named named Kenny. Would you mind asking him and, and, and asking him that question? She said, sir, he really doesn't like to be bothered. Um, you know, we, he's got a lot on his plate. He, he's always working. He goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, please, it would mean the world to me if you just ask him. And I just met this man. I think he's his brother. I, if I'm wrong, I'll leave. No, no bones about it. No problems. And he's just, he's, he's frantic. He's like, where, him? Where, where's, where's my brother?
0: Uh-huh. Where's
1: you said you found him. Where's he at? And, and the reporter's just like going, he's like, oh, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Give me a second. Just give me just a minute. He said, "I'll take you to him. He's over at the bridge, connecting New Jersey to New York. He's right over there. I'll take you to him. He's safe, uh, relatively safe anyway. He's homeless. Um, he seems to struggle struggle with alcohol. I'm just he goes, and I'm glad to take you there. I, I'm, I'm happy to. I, in fact, I want to reunite you guys. I want, I want you guys. He goes, he goes, man. He goes, your brother told me you guys were close. He goes, man, we were like we were like peanut butter and jelly. You couldn't mm. separate us. And the guy thinks he goes, he goes, what? He goes, that brings me to my question. Because I'm curious." You know, you guys, you guys obviously had a difficult upbringing, but what happened? Why are you here? How did you end up becoming in this, in this skyscraper building with granite walls everywhere, wearing a thousand dollars, these nice, nice shoes and, you know, with a BMW keychain hanging out of your pocket and your brothers over, over off the bridge. He said, he said, sir, he said, I've asked myself that question a lot. I've really thought about that question and I always come back to this. He goes, you know, when, when my brother and I were growing up, we had a great life for a little while and then our mother died unexpectedly from cancer, which had like six months from the time we, we not, we knew it till the time she passed. My dad was a wreck. He lost his best friend. Uh, my mom was awesome. She was terrific. And, you know, my dad just changed. He began drinking every day. He began doing stuff that wasn't even in his character, so much so that my brother and I were really kind of feared for our safety. So we, we, we both left home. And originally, you know, we both stayed with friends and then we both couldn't stay at the same place. So then I would stay at one place, he would stay in another. And then before long, we just lost touch. I don't know, you know, I don't know what happened, you know, but when I think about why I'm here in this point in time in life, why, why I'm able to enjoy some of these benefits of life, he goes, I really go back to my dad. And I always think, you know, to myself and to my kids, as I look my kids in my eyes and I'm thinking to myself, why did I make it here? And he goes, ultimately it came down to this one thing. He goes, with a father of like that, what would you expect?
0: brother that is Two. incredible it's all perspective it's all like i'm going to be i can't help it to be like that or i'm not going to be like that
1: that's exactly it's, it's it or the victor
0: right
1: you know um when steve meyer told me that story it was profound because you know i was i was essentially headed towards the homeless shelter you know are you serious now, before i actually became homeless yeah you know, because my family really struggled financially and some other things but our life my dad was an alcoholic. My mother hadn't passed, uh, but she was not a part of my life early on because of uh, some things that she had to walk through. Um, mm-hmm. Both parents did, Both parents turned into fantastic grandparents, and, and they're both great people now. In fact, that's one of the things I love most about my book is that you get to hear part of their story in there as well. But when that whole thing shook out and took place, it was one of those situations where Steve was pouring into me. He was like, look, I don't want you to have this kind of life. Mm-hmm. I found out that my grandfather who survived Pearl Harbor, who was working for Steve Myrick, Steve Myrick Steve Meyer used to work for him. The roles had been reversed. Hmm. Because of knowledge and wisdom and passion and perspective and all of these different things that were missing. Now here's here's the crazy part. He gave me life-changing information in that moment. Hmm. And because of my, because of where I was in my life, I really wasn't ready to receive it. Where I thought it had gone in one ear and out the other, it turns out that at my moment of desperation, almost taking my life that of overlooking at eight lane highway, those things came right back flooding in like a, mm-hmm. like a, uh, the, the most uh, treacherous river you can think of. It all hit me at once from the, from my top of my head to the bottom of my feet, that information comes. And I'm so like, what about
0: those words came back to you when you were in that situation? Like they just appeared at that point again.
1: Absolutely. That in the, that in a timely phone call with a girlfriend's mother, um, this woman uh, her name was Susan Batts. she was my high school girlfriend's mother. I tried to call five people. The first four phone calls never got answered and then Susan Bats, then the original Mama Wama picks up the phone. And mm-hmm. she and she tries to tell me for like hours. She's like, "Where are you? Where are you at?" I'm mm-hmm. like, "I nowhere, I'm fine, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm good." She's like, "BS. Where are you at?" Mm-hmm. I haven't talked in 3 or 4 years and all of a sudden you call me out of the blue crying? Are you serious? Where are you at? And I, she knew, I think that she knew that she, if I could, if she could get me to commit to an answer to her that I would uh-huh. follow through. And I remember she's, she's going through this, this whole like rigmarole, like a mother would do to a child, you know, mm-hmm. you, you should be this, and what's going on. And she, I think she finally realized I was not going to tell her where I was at. Um, she could hear the horns, the cars honking in the background. She could hear, mm-hmm. you know, semis passing below. She could hear all that. But as I'm, as we were having this conversation, she finally gives me 11 words that radically changed my life forever. And they don't sound like much until you really soak, let them soak into your soul. Okay. And she told, she goes, Stephen, I promise you, and you, I want you to repeat this after me. She goes, this too shall pass, and what comes next will be greater. This too shall pass, and what comes next will be greater. And for me, man, I was just like, I was torn up, and I am tears in my eyes. And she, she goes, Stephen, I want you to pr- say it. Very mm-hmm. forced voice, it smoked for like 30 years, you know, just say it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I finally said, I I finally said, you know, yeah, all right, this too shall pass. and What comes next will be greater. She's say it like you mean it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: This too shall pass. And what comes next to be greater. She goes, great. Now call me tomorrow at 9 a.m.
0: Nice. She pursued. She knew. She knew what she just did. That's what's so cool. Like some people just know the power that they have and Mm -hmm. she knew it.
1: Oh, absolutely. What's crazier even after that is she convinces me to call her 9 a.m. the next the next morning, which I continue to do for several days after that. I'll probably even closer a few weeks. Mm-hmm. I find myself back on a, a framing crew for the man, Steve Myrick, uh, within a few weeks of there. And what's really interesting is I have this uh, litter box moment. Um, that's a whole nother story we don't have time for, but how <laughs> I found my sensor, how I found my source, how I found my my place of being and where I found my significance and my meaning. And, and I have this massive... Incredible moment by beside a litter box while cleaning cat poop. Um, mm-hmm. Sounds incredibly like nasty, but it's, uh, it's exactly where my life had, had ended up. I was, I was trying to earn some cash and um, trying to help my brother out. But within three weeks of that phone call from Susan,
0: right,
1: right. her she came to pass. This too shall pass. What comes next to be greater? And that's when I founded the first of many successful businesses that I've had the pleasure of founding, starting and creating. Uh, called Custom Home Exteriors, based out of Raleigh, North Carolina, that became um, it's a, it's about a forty million dollar business now uh, in three states. I got about four hundred team members across uh, those states, and uh, great team member, great people. But that all started from that from that within three weeks of the bridge, while sleeping in a car and and using and learning learning how to use my trash as my as my catapult forward. I was gonna say that's why I believe so so heavily that people can can break free from anything that they think is standing in the way.
0: I think I mean I totally agree with you, and what. What you've given a couple examples of, and I think that's something people really need to like examine in their life. If they don't think they have it, I would, I can almost guarantee that they do. And that's people somewhere in their life who've been put there to be sort of their guardians or their, um, their strength or feeding them that information. Because I think people think like the, like the homeless man, Oh, I had a bad, my dad was bad. So mm-hmm. I have nothing, but he probably had people like that in his life were trying to, you know, give plant the seeds in him, but he wasn't seeing them. He wasn't watering them. He wasn't letting them flourish. But you obviously did. You know, you took that and went with it. But not everybody does. Do you think that's Absolutely. true? Do you think everybody has those people? I mean, I have to believe that.
1: You know, I really do. I really do believe those people who are around us. It's whether or not we're self aware enough to let them speak into our life. You know, one of the mm-hmm. things I do when I'm when I'm meeting with people is I I always ask permissions that you know basically ask them almost verbatim this question. And will you allow me to speak into your life today? Mm, so and if they tell something. me, no, I just stop. I said, okay, well, when you're ready, then come back to me or or, or, or go to someone else, find help somewhere. Most times, 99% of the times they're, they're yes. And what right. they've done is they've given me permission to help them walk through a very difficult season in their life. And I find that that permission is the first step in letting a mentor really mentor you.
0: Mm. I mean, sometimes it's not that's prescriptive you know sometimes it's someone you're passing who can give you a message like I think I've I had this once on the bike trail a random Mm -hmm. person standing by the bike trail looking out at the water um I stopped to ask him a question about where was the nearest bathroom which is a common question (laughs) for me on the trails if anyone knows me I forget to check my timings (laughs) and um I'm still trying not to be the one you know going trail side so um (laughs) I stopped and asked him and and then went and then came back and he was still there. And we ended up having this conversation that I think lasted probably a half an hour, but it almost seemed like time didn't pass because I Mm -hmm. was running late to get back home and it seemed like everything was fine. And at that point, you know, he talked about three things that were really important to me in my life at that time. He, I mean, like he guided the conversation to those three things. And they Mm -hmm. were the three things I was sort of like – Carrying in my head while I was riding, and then at the end, as I was riding away, he called out. He called out to me and said, "Jane, you're going to have plenty of time to do all the things you want to do." And I just <laughs> felt like, I felt like that was an angel message or something. Oh, absolutely! Like I'll never forget that whole scene because it was like how. And then he was gone. It was the craziest thing. But that's the thing. If you're paying attention and Mm -hmm. usually it helps if you have to go to the bathroom because then you have to stop and talk (laughs) to people. But but whatever it is, paying attention to those random strangers, because sometimes you don't have enough time to say, will you allow me to speak into your life today or have a Mm -hmm. conversation that lasts, you know, multiple days or, you know, continues. But they're still profound.
1: Oh, absolutely. So I was just, I had a funny thought as you were sharing about the bathrooms. Uh, men don't like to discuss, uh, talk to each other in the bathrooms. It's more of a grunt work. <laughs> Excuse me. Hmm. Yeah. Is all open? You know, kind of right, deal. So I'm like, maybe right, we're missing right. opportunities because we won't talk to each other. Who knows? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, really. You got to talk about those things. We won't even talk about the one I had on in the high desert in uh, Oregon last, last uh, <laughs> September. But, um, and I, so I think that like, that's a really good message. I mean, I truly believe everybody has people like that, that show up in their life. And I, it's a matter of,
1: you know, I was, I, I, was, I was, I was thinking, I was able to say during the process, I discovered that there are really six main things that we have that are lacks things that, mm-hmm. um, we find lacking in any given situation at any given time in our life. And we're able to, to identify them and then work towards improving them. Our life becomes more joyful over time and period. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so a lot of times when I sit down with folks, I'll typically go over the six lakhs with them specifically so they can really begin to understand and ask themselves better questions. The human brain is kind of interesting because it, the way it works, uh, if you ask it a question, it
0: mm-hmm. has
1: to give you an answer.
0: <laughs> Seriously. Really? Seriously. Does it does <sighs> yeah, You would think. <laughs> it just answers. It just answers. not answer so your yeah. brain.
1: which is really weird so here's the thing about here's the thing about life if you're having a hard time getting out of your struggles and your and your stomach blocks and improving your attitude or improving your emotional state or improving your your spiritual state all you simply have to do is ask yourself a better question don't ask why me ask Mm -hmm. what can I learn from this don't ask how how come this has always happens to me say what needs to change so I can learn from this and grow from this Mm -hmm. and your brain will respond with an answer It'll re- you can either ask it, you know, why you, and it's going to give you 15 reasons why you, or you can say, what can I learn? It's going to give you 15 ways you can learn from it.
0: Hmm. That's a good way to look at it. I haven't looked at it that way before. I mean, I usually skip past the why me question pretty quickly and jump <laughs> into the what can I, well, I mean, and that's been a lot of years of training. Now it's more, you know, what, what can I do differently when something isn't going the way that I want it to? Or the way that I'm trying to drive it to, uh, what can I do differently? What can I learn from this? Because that didn't work. And so, um, (laughs) yeah, but I have, but I didn't realize, I never thought of it that way, but it has to give an answer. Boy, I'm going to ask it a few more questions after this call. Let me tell you that right (laughs) now. (laughs) You know, I like
1: to ask it, typically ask four questions of my, um, of my situations and relationships. Really, you can use these four questions with anything. Um, A good friend of mine, uh, CeeLo, taught them to me um, through mentoring, because I, I'm just like you, you know, I'm, 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 I'm in my own growth, in my own way, and I, and I, and I have mentorship along the way as well. And, uh, early in my growth, he said, he goes, I got four questions I want you to memorize. And when you feel like you got anxiety or something coming on or some kind of stress, I want you to ask these four questions and I Mm -hmm. want you to take time to write out the answers. Oh, okay, cool. He goes, he goes, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to ask what's right. What's right. Like, okay. So I began jotting down some answers. Like
0: about the situation, right? Like about the situation or about life in general.
1: uh, yeah, it could be life in general. Because the cool thing about these questions is they're for you. Okay. So you can respond in such a way that you want to. Okay. And he says, the reason I want you to do that is because I always want you to, I want you to learn to become a person who places gratitude before problems. Mm, right. There's always something to be thankful for. There's always something that you can give thanks over. And a grateful heart is an unhurtful heart. So by, by learning to be grateful on a regular basis, it's more difficult to, be, to have increased levels of hurt and pain in your life. He said, the next question I want you to ask, he goes, I want you to ask what's missing. What information am I missing? Why, you know, what, what, if I had a piece of information, what would it be that could cause us to be different?
0: Okay.
1: He said, the third one I want you to ask, he goes, I want you to ask what's confusing. What is causing you to be confused? He goes, the last one I want you to ask is what's wrong. And he goes, I'm going to ch- really challenge you to write down what's wrong. He goes, he goes, Stephen, because it's been my experience that what's wrong almost always goes into what's missing or what's confusing, Mm -hmm. which means it's always based on information. So the, 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 the search for information in a healthy format, not going to Facebook and just believing what you read, going out and really trying to really find a good source for an information on problems that you have. You know, I, I see people all the time that have physical ailments and the first thing they do is they'll go out and they'll research the 10 different things and the 10 hindrances and the 10 complexities of why they're hurting. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is they're reinforcing the belief that I'm never going to get better rather than what are the 10 ways to cope with and or become better from X. Mm-hmm. And so what you search for, the, the information you put in your brain really kind of drives what kind of response you're going to have overall. You know That's why there's six lacks, understanding the six lacks are so powerful.
0: What are the six lacks? Because I can't let you go without asking that at some point.
1: <laughs> well, it, it, so the the first lack is the lack of meaning. Okay. So now lack lack of meaning is the meaning you place on something else. It could be your relationship. It could be your career. It could be your own, um, how you view yourself. Uh, lack of meaning is what you place on something.
0: The Can you give an example of that?
1: Yeah. So uh, for example, um, when I was growing up, um, I allowed my my meaning to increase my ability to think I had no opportunity um, because my father had limited opportunity. My grandfather had limited opportunity. So the value that I placed on my potential uh, opportunity was blocked by the meaning that I was placed on it because I was already blocking my own meaning.
0: Okay, Steve helped
1: you. me shift that perspective to help me understand that meaning can be changed by choice. Meaning could be changed by clarity. It could be changed by understanding and most of all perspective.
0: Okay.
1: The next, the next lack is the lack of significance. This is how we feel about ourselves in any given situation. It's how we feel in our work. It's how we feel in our own lives. It's how we feel in our relationships. It's how significant we feel to something greater than ourselves. Um, I've, I've been working for years, tying my meaning to something that's not finite or my significance to something's not finite, not to a relationship, mm-hmm. not to a job, not to my ability to speak for people or write a good mm-hmm. book or or teach a good message. I've been focused on creating my significance tied to a source, source that was greater than myself, uh, an eternal source. And I find mm-hmm. that's where I get my greatest strength. The next one is the lack of authenticity, which is not being your true self. I mean, think about it. How many times you've been in a relationship, and I know this one for me. Mm-hmm. and you're trying to change yourself to mold yourself to become something you're not.
0: Right. I Being a chameleon, I totally know what that's like.
1: <clears throat> exactly. Therefore, you're never fully fed, which you're not able to replenish in a timely mm-hmm. fashion, which means you're always drained. You're always withdrawn. You you don't have the the elements of encouragement and inspiration you need on a day-to-day-out basis, and all because you're trying to be something you're not.
0: It's exhausting. It is. It's exhausting <laughs> to do that. And I think what what... When people truly step into their authenticity, their power and their presence and their impact is, you know, multiplied by exponentially, multiplied exponentially. You can't, oh. you can't do the things, you can't do everything you want to do without being authentic. There's always going to be a like a wall of limitation.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and these things play on each other. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> the next one's a lack of connection. You know, a lot of us, when we go through life, we start struggling. The first thing we do is we, we withdraw from the world. And what happens is we end up isolating ourselves. And isolation is where depression and anxiety really, really start to set in. It's when you, it's when you really start to, to devalue yourself and even challenge your significance even greater. And so one of the things that I do to kind of combat that is if I'm in a challenging season of life, if I'm, if I'm going through something tough, I've learned that even if I just grab a, a laptop and a coffee – uh, from a Starbucks and pop my earbuds in and just begin to jot and write or search the web or, or read a good book, I'm still allowing myself to be around people. Therefore, I can still see joy in people's eyes. I can still see life. I can still see that there's hope. There's opportunity to have what they have, not in an envious kind of way, but in a in a grateful kind of way, rather than being in a, in a room with, a, with the four walls done, with the curtains drawn and and, and not doing anything to really add value. It's, for some reason, you can be in a dark room but you know if someone else is in the room with you, you can sense a presence. And mm-hmm. I think that goes back to the 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 incredible brightness of a soul when it's when it is replenished, when it is full of inspiration and encouraged and empowered. It's just something, it almost radiates, you know?
0: Right. When you like when you think about what you just said, when a person is depressed or low or you know, in a low energy state, not feeling full and bright like you just described, that is the time that they need to to be around other people. To basically not really like um, suck on that energy, but just like absorb some of that human life energy because that's what we are. We're humans.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, we're going back to our earlier talking point, which was, you know, basically the the, the power of a divine intervention, if you will. Mm-hmm. The, the power of having someone step in like the, the guardian right. angels, if you will. Right, right. If you're isolated, you're not putting yourself in a position to receive them. right. You know, yeah, they so,
0: worked really hard to find me. I mean, to stand out on the bike trail in the middle of nowhere, that was hard work. <laughs>
1: that's right. It wasn't easy yes. getting up or down. Absolutely. You know, and the and the last two uh, lacks are the lack of security, uh, which is really your physiological protection, um, how how safe and how healthy you are body-wise, how stable you are in your finances, how stable you are in your career, uh, things like that. So really the kind of protection of your current life to kind of avoid that fight or flight response. And the final one, which is probably the one that I struggle with the most especially really breaking free, which was the lack of affirmation mm-hmm. is getting affirmed by someone whom you respect and admire. Not someone that, uh, is, is, uh, kind of was, you know, kind of affirming you that you don't respect or admire because then it does, it kind of falls on deaf ears.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: finding those people, those, those, the um, you know, the person that met you on the bike trail, the Steve Myricks and the Susan Bats of the world for me, those mm-hmm. people were people in, in whom I admired because they took the time to speak life into me. And because they did that, when they affirmed me, when they gave me a prophecy, when they gave me something that I could look forward to, something to move forward towards, it was easier for me to receive it and put it in my soul to believe it. And really, I mean, I truly believe this and it's not crazy. I mean, I really, I mean, I don't really believe um, this is a crazy thing to say, but when you really believe that you can do pretty much anything, you mm-hmm. really can do pretty much anything. Because I totally agree with steps. you. So,
0: I totally agree with you, but it, it's getting to that belief state. Oh, absolutely. Takes that's the, that's the effort. It's getting to the belief state, and once it's there, I completely agree with you.
1: And that's why I'm saying these. So these six lacks, when you're when you're able to really kind of look at them and evaluate your rate yourself on a scale of one to ten. Where do I stand? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I how do I rate my significance? How do I rate my meaning? What my, what's my meaning to life? Um, how do I rate my connection? Am I connected? And do I have quality connection? Do I have quality relationships? Affirmation. What scale of one to ten? figure out where you're at and if you're an eight if you're an eight and above fantastic for that one you Mm -hmm. can probably you can probably not not make that the key focus but you're at like a an eight to like a six and need some improvement six and below you're hurting and you need and you need someone you can model after you need a mentor you need someone that can coach you through and guide you through to the next step someone who's Mm -hmm. been where you've been and made it through it that's the kind of mentor you need to be looking for and that, the kind of person you'd be looking for to help increase these different areas of lack because when these are strong, your light bronze so, shines so bright that others from miles away can see it.
0: that's that's true. So how do you how do you get people to get these the help that they need? Do they do that through you and your organization or how does that work?
1: Well, there's, there's a couple different ways. You know, we, we do help a lot of people. We've, we've developed a um, – because we work with so many people, we developed a way to have uh, what we call virtual coaching, which is done online. We, we might use Skype or a tool, a tool like Zoom um, where mm-hmm. we might have collective collaboration with uh, several people that are looking for healing and help. But most recently, one of the things we just released like a week ago <clears throat> is the Ultimate Life Kit. And what we mm. just took the most used questions that people came to us with, the most used things that they would come and say, well, I'm stuck because of this or I'm something's missing because of this. And we took that and we wrapped it up and we said, you know what, I want to answer all this stuff and I'm going to put it in, in a, in a, in a format that people can digest easily. So what I did was in the ultimate life kit, we have, um, six different videos, uh, with mm-hmm. two bonus videos if people want them, uh, that are free as well. But we, we put it together, the answers, to the questions, and then they have PDF documents that they can use to kind of help them on their steps. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest thing I put in there was a, was a personal, um, assessment, three phase assessment, your what, mm-hmm. your why, and your how. So it helps you get really, really clear on who you are. It gets you really clear on, on your strengths. It gets you really clear on your struggles and it also gets you clear on how to overcome them. And then what I do is I'll, I'll do the video course process. I'll actually take the time to just kind of teach them how to use it. So mm-hmm. that's probably the easiest thing. That's, you can find that at ultimatelifekit.com. Uh, that's okay. the easiest way to reach the most people the quickest way possible.
0: That's nice. that that's great. I mean, I think that it's really about just having the tools. It's not this isn't rocket science. This isn't you know, college education, ten years of practice. This is when, once people have the tools and the belief they can move through these things pretty quickly and make changes in their lives. Absolutely do you find that. do you find that like that people that work that you work with are able to make those leaps and get through those things?
1: Absolutely. In fact, I, we we kind of coined a phrase, um, we don't think it's cheesy, but some might. Um, and mm-hmm. that's that's this. It's uh, We believe that every person is the warrior. That they have a hidden warrior inside of them, a Xeno warrior princess or a Hercules or whatever inside of their spirit waiting to get out. So we believe that they're the warrior and we just simply give them the weapon. So we say, you're the warrior, we're the weapon. And mm. we do that because we give them so many tools if they if certain certain battles require swords certain battles require throwing stars certain battles require a pair of nunchucks certain battles require chariots with racing horses, you need the tool, you need the right weapon at the right time to get past to get the right leverage on a specific issue or season of life. And that's really what we try to do with them. Um, whether it's the you know, doing shows like this, whether it's the ultimate life kit, whether it's our online school we're building, or the live events that we do or speaking, all of those are designed to give meaning and tools that you can apply because when I speak, I began to worry and can be concerned about something that I saw a lot. I would go to see speaking, go to seminars and I would see great information. I would see people up there and they're like, you can do this. And I believe in you and you're empowered and you're inspired. And I'm like, awesome. Mm-hmm. And the moment I walk out the door, I'm like, what now? Everything that we do, no matter what it is, we always, even today, I've tried to give some practical steps if someone, Mm -hmm. if they're struggling, something they could take a step on today. And that's my mission. Give them the tool they need today to make, to make tomorrow better. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, a lot of times I picture myself with like this tool belt because of the things I've learned over the past few years myself to really get through some of the struggles that I was running into. Like, for example, if I'm ruminating on something, you know, like just cycling the same, not great thought or the same not great, you know, rel- like reliving an experience that wasn't a great one, which is not productive time. Um, like the shortest answer to that is find something that needs to be done. So when I'm ruminating, okay, dishes, go do dishes, just stop <laughs> and go do dishes, <laughs> ruminating, you know, and, and those kinds of things, breaking those cycles, you know, breaking free, like you say, they sound small, and they sound easy. But when you start doing that on a day to day basis, and stop wasting time, ruminating, or, obsessing or having anxiety or googling what's wrong with my leg you know whatever it is <laughs> all right um, all of that time that's not spent doing that can be spent in action doing absolutely. something more productive and productivity whether it's for your ultimate life goal and changing the world or whether it's for getting through the next day is still better than spinning spinning wheels right Abs-
1: absolutely absolutely you, you got to start somewhere and a lot right. won't won't take the first step. Because they mm-hmm. don't know the second step. But the problem yeah. is I've learned that your second step only becomes illuminated when you take the first one.
0: It's right. That's it. The next clear step. What's the next clear step? That's the only one I can see. Exactly But it's building that belief and trust that the next one will show up then when I'm Absolutely. ready.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I think you and I could talk for about 40 hours <laughs> and never get bored. I'm just I'm like, I have about a million notes here. I feel like I've had my own little personal coaching class. <laughs>
1: Thank you. I, so I, I likewise. Wanted, I'm sure you, you've given some, some great feedback today for sure.
0: Well, thanks. I wanted to talk a little bit about you though, because this isn't all about your work. It's about you as well. And um, we know a little bit about your background. Um, I wanted to find out, you know, besides, the amount that you give back trying to help people with these principles and all the things you do, what is it that you do for fun? Like what is it that like fills your bucket? So you have that to go out and give to other people.
1: You know, I'm glad you asked that because one of the mm-hmm. things that uh, I think we, we all get, uh, when our, when our good friends come by, and they're like, well, you should go walk in nature. You should go watch a movie. You should go do this. Mm-hmm. We all have our own replenishment cycles. My wife's mm-hmm. replenishment cycle, for example, is to do a lot of aesthetic work. She loves to work work in the house and put pretty things together. Something I'm not good at that she's excellent <laughs> at. I've caught her in the backyard hugging trees before. Um, uh, I do
0: that, too. Yeah, I, I do that, too. She's she's, red a, she's an
1: earth person, and, and and she draws strings from it. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, and so therefore I'm like, you want to go hug a tree, baby? Hug a tree. Draw, <laughs> draw from its energy. For me you know, I, I actually get more replenished by sitting time and quiet time and contemplating um, the next steps, not the next steps necessarily in my life, but how to draw strength and prayer and meditation. And I get replenished by spending time with the source.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's where I get replenished. Um, nothing at this point in life um, really fills me up like that does. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've chased money, I've chased uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I've been blessed. I have Uh, I have the ability to, to travel pretty freely. I have the ability to have nice things. And, uh, and the more, the more that stuff you have at your disposal, Mm -hmm. the more you realize it doesn't even matter. I mean, you really, you really be, I mean, I know people pursue that stuff all day long and I wish Mm -hmm. I could say, I wish I could not be hypocrite and say blah, blah, blah. But the reality (laughs) is, is once you have it, you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. you're going to understand that really life was just as good when you're barely making your bills as it was when you when you have more than enough to pay your bills because it really it comes down to what your significance and what your meaning is. And without the right replenishment cycle, you're going to have a hard time finding that. So for me, mm-hmm. replenishment is, is finding time near the source, praying, meditation, learning. I love podcasts and, and YouTube things that help me fill my mind and my spirit up. Mm-hmm. I do something every day to empower my mind, my body, and my spirit every single day.
0: Are they one thing or are they multi- thing, different things for each area?
1: You know, it's funny you ask that. There are, there are actually multiple things that connect as one.
0: Okay. Oh, so I'll, even On a
1: typical day, I wake up first thing in the morning around 530. Uh, I'll hop in. I'll, I'll go and get kind of kind of get cleaned up and kind of orchestrated. I grab my gym bag and I'll hop in the car. I'll drive the 20 minutes to the gym. And in, in, in that moment, I'm listening to an audio podcast of some kind um, and, and really kind of studying my soul and really kind of asking. I'm using that time wisely, not mm-hmm. just listening to, <clears throat> to Bob and the Showgram or whatever radio things on that's just trying to entertain me, mm-hmm. you know, I'm using that time and, and, and then I get to the gym and I work out for 30 or 40 minutes on the treadmill or wait list. And meanwhile, I'm still listening to a, another podcast or something to fill my mind up. Mm-hmm. And then I'll typically read or watch a podcast or something like that. I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll digest something to feed my spirit, something to feed me to encourage and to increase the light in me constantly. And I really, I really find that replenishment really comes down to the constant pursuit of increasing your light. And if you look mm-hmm. at your life as what adds light to your life and what adds darkness to your life is very quickly to start really gravitating towards the, to the stuff that feeds you.
0: I'm really glad that we got to this topic because we talked about this on our pre-call and it was fascinating and it actually stuck with me pretty intensely after the call. I thought about it a lot. Um, I, I wanted to mention I love your the way that you do your replenishment because I have about the same actually like almost exact same routine. <laughs> Like the gym is 20 minutes away. I go in the morning. I contemplate on the way there. I plan on the way back. But yeah, same thing. So increasing your light. And I like I know I know for myself over the last few years, especially and probably longer than that, I found that I could not um, feel good if I was watching movies that had really gory things in them Mm -hmm. or if I was listening to music that had bad like like hate messages even though I might like the the actual tune or the music, mm-hmm. the words I couldn't like. They, I would feel bad after them, or, um, like the news. I had to d de- I had deprogram myself. <laughs> the from news what is by list- far the worst. <laughs> yeah, listening, wa- listening to the news, the radio, watching the news, um, the newspaper. All of those things, I found that when, the more I would listen or the more I would consume them, the less light I felt. So I really I stay away from all of those things. And there, But there's times when things that can come in that aren't feeding my light, even though I'm trying to feed it. And we talked a little bit about that, about even who we surround ourselves with and that. And so do you want to talk a little bit? Because I think that's a really great lesson that we forget how everything we see and hear has an effect on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your influences are, are your, by far your, your biggest tool to encouragement or desperation.
0: Right. Oh, good words.
1: I mean, really, really, I mean, really, uh, if you're struggling in your marriage, for example, the last thing you should be doing is watching the, the housewives or watching, um, you know, something that's, that's, you know, that, that being unfaithful is really big, huge part of that. Cause it's just saying mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. And all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's not reality. Uh, I've learned that reality TV is not reality at all. Right. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, the it's, not the reality, it's not the reality I'm shooting for. Let's right. just
1: put it that I, way. So, you know, you have <laughs> these, these different things. You know, I, I listen to uplifting music all day, or when I do listen to music. I listen to podcasts, like I mentioned before, podcasts. Everything that I try to put in my in front of my eyes and my ear gate mm-hmm. has to feed me because I've learned that we I have a greater responsibility to this world Than to just feed myself entertainment. And if I just constantly feed myself entertainment, one, I can be led away from the light and more towards darkness. Because let's face it, the stuff you read on Facebook, Twitter, Mm -hmm. social media, uh, websites, especially the news and the media out there in the world today, all of it's garbage. I have not seen a really great show or really something that really can, can feed you and, and help you grow in a really, really long time. There's always some element of evil or hint of evil in it. There's always some kind of like mm-hmm. darkness in it. And you can't be around that stuff, but, but so much before it really starts to take ownership in you. I had a good friend of mine, he's a pastor down in uh, Texas, uh, Keith Craft. Uh, he, said, he said one time, he goes, if you show me your five friends, I'll show you your future. You become, exactly. You become yes. the sum total of the people you hang out with. It's right. the same principle with the music and the and the media and the video and the, and the things that you let in your eye and your ear gate. Same mm-hmm. exact principle, no different. So put yourself in an environment with everything that speaks into you, speaks life into you. And when you do that, it's a very, I like to say it this way, every journey has principles. Every principle offers a promise. If you will live the principle, you'll also live its promise. Doing the exact opposite takes you towards destruction. And you really have to decide for yourself. Just going back to those two young men in the story of the of the father, when mm-hmm. you go all the way back to those two young men, the only difference was the choice that they made. And one fed on light and one fed on darkness. It's that's mm-hmm.
0: Do you believe that if you if you are straying one way or another, you can easily course correct by shifting back?
1: I do. If, if mm-hmm. as long as you're as long as you're self-aware to know, hey, look, I've been slipping for a little bit.
0: Right, right. Oh yeah, definitely. If you're in because denial, you, like I, am, yeah, I, I know right.
1: everything, and my friends and family are wrong, and my my mentors are wrong, and I have it all together, and then no. But
0: no. consciously you can. Yeah. Consciously you can. Exactly. It's not a it's not a one and done deal. Exactly. It's a right. I mean, even the homeless man Kenny could have, could have regrouped and changed his way of thinking and gotten onto the, um, the process of regrouping and moving forward into that direction.
1: Absolutely. I like to believe right. that he did. I like to believe his brother finally got to him because I never found out mm. that answer.
0: Oh, his brother, yeah,
1: his brother began to to help him reposition his life. Now it's more difficult um, for someone who grew up in poverty circumstances to really truly believe that they can be successful. Um, I've experienced that one on one. You know, when I was sleeping in a car, the last thing I thought I'd ever have is number one, being an author and a speaker and all that stuff. But I mm. just that ever own businesses and ever have the freedom that I have today. That was the last thing that I thought was possible. Mm-hmm. But yet, When I, when I, when my goal, my outcome that I wanted was to find shelter and I got to that one, that gave me belief that when I wanted to go make a little bit more money that I would make a little more money. When I made that happen, I made the next thing happen. And that's why I said your second step always becomes illuminated after you take the first one. Mm
0: -hmm. You have to prove that you're going to do it. You have to prove. Yep. You know, I like the fact though that you tell all of your story because the, the misconception that we often have when we're, you know, a few degrees removed from people who are successful is that that's just how it always was.
1: Right. Right. And that's any person that allows you to believe that long term mm-hmm. um, is operating in arrogance. They want to appear better than they want to appear better to you uh, than they may have been. And I've learned that in order to truly bring strength out of someone, the most important thing you can do is show how vulnerable you can be with someone, because mm-hmm. when you when you're vulnerable with somebody else and you give them uh, a chance to see your before, your middle, and your after, they can connect the dots and they can they from that they draw hope. And as they draw mm-hmm. hope, they draw the next breath, and they draw their next breath, they can draw the step. Then they take mm-hmm. the step. Then they draw another piece of hope. You're, I think our greatest mission in life is to actually say, you know what, I messed up here or this this happened, but at the mm-hmm. same time, look, I'm 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 here now because I did this. Mm-hmm. And you can do this. You can do this too. I'm no different than you are. I'm no better than you are. You know, in in my in in my faith perspective, I don't believe that any one person on this planet is any better than the next person. I don't believe you can be running governments and still not be any better than than Kenny out there warming his hands behind the garbage can. What you can do is you can decide what level of significance you're going to play in the world itself, mm-hmm. and what level of prosperity you can bring to somebody else. I heard one time that the greatest thing we can do for somebody else is to awaken possibilities within them. Mm. And your story can do that if you'll let it, but you have to do the work first.
0: I love that idea of awakening possibilities from within. I mean, that's sort of like planting the seeds. It's the same concept, really. And you can't always see if they worked or if they happened or if they made a difference, but if that's what we're here to do. That's it. That's all that matters. That's right.
1: That's right. I love it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so another quick question for you, um, I know we're going long, so I'll try to wrap up here. But I wanted to find out if there's something new that you're curious about that's sort of outside of your normal area of focus. You know, you, you've you studied a lot of different things. You have a very vibrant and purposeful life that, you know, we're all, I'm, I for one, am very grateful for and, and having the chance to meet you. Thank but you. is there something that else that you're curious about that you're sort of starting to investigate or look into? It can be anything, you know, from like, I'm Making coffee too. Yeah, sure. Travel, traveling to the moon, whatever.
1: Well, I haven't figured out how to travel to the moon yet. I've got to, I've got to do a little better financially for that. Uh, I hear the, uh, what's it? what the guy from Virgin Records can get us there? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think for me right now, I'm actually studying the language, the actual language of words used that we tell ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. It's something called neuro linguistic programming. Uh, it's I a,
0: know about that.
1: Yeah, so it it has to do with language. A um, when to be vague, when to be detailed. Um, it's outcome focused versus goal focused. It's uh, it's really generated towards how you the lies and the truths that you tell yourself, and the ability to know the difference. So I'm getting my master certification in NLP, um, which is just I'm adding it to my my current repertoire of 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 learning how the human mind controls the human spirit. We'd like to think that our spirit controls the mind, but so many times it's the mind that controls the spirit, um, because we determine how much we let, we set that spirit free. <laughs> so, um, so I've, I've been really curious to, to really, uh, really interested in learning about that and, 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 and finding out how that really, really applies to life. Uh, it, it seems like most of the, most of the things I've learned so far can be applied about 70 to 80% of the time. Which I found to be very helpful, especially Mm -hmm. in getting someone to what they call rapid cures. What I mean by that is rapid phobia. Um, You're able to help them go back to the moment when the phobia occurred, erase it, and then come forward. Um, Those things like that. I think it's what I'm most excited about right now. But I'm I'm a geek. (laughs) I've turned into this this guy that loves how the brain operates and how it controls. Oh my
0: gosh! (laughs) So do I. That's why I can't believe you said it. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to be back on again and talk all about that. Seriously, I'm I'm not even kidding. This weekend I was thinking about with the show how. You know, I've had this really beautiful mix of people from all different kinds of walks of life who've come and had conversations with me, which are just absolutely I'm so honored and grateful for them. And I was thinking, what are some new topics that like how do you know, as, as the guest list continues on, what are different ways to bring in new topics? And I thought, well, maybe I'll start looking for people who are studying or doing things in the world especially around things i'm super interested in right now which one of them is nlp and i'm not <laughs> even kidding you because i didn't know what nlp was uh, but someone told me someone commented on the nlp built into the name of the show
1: uh-huh oh and wow. i didn't
0: know right so glistening particles um listening art is built into the name of the show which i think is so cool so when that goes into people's brains you know when they hear it it it's sort of like subconsciously they get that message as well <laughs> That's awesome. I I love it. I know. So I want to hear more about what you're learning and actually would love to know more about how you're studying about it, but I can take that offline. I'd love to know how you're digging into that. What a cool topic, though. (laughs) And that's the thing. People think, you know, all we want to know about is, um, you know, how to barbecue and um, mow the lawn. And there are like a billion, trillion things that we can know about, NLP being one of them. So I love that.
1: Do you remember the movie The Matrix?
0: Yes, because I think that's really true. But go on. (laughs) Yeah, so
1: all lives are kind of like that. We choose to we choose to become aware of or not aware of as much information as we choose. Mm -hmm. So those that search, that have a a sheer thirst for uh, knowledge and wisdom, you know, and uh, in my faith, you know, one of the things that you you read is something that says, um, "Those that seek find. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: If you're not seeking, you're not going to find." So I, I don't judge people because they're not seeking. What I do do is when I do, I have said do do. What I what I do try to do. You
0: also said do. litter box, so right. we're just okay. Yeah. Explicit <laughs> now on the podcast. I'm just. Kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what I do try to do now is I do try to awaken that possibility to let people know there is more information, there is a way to live a better life, mm-hmm. and I think that's the greatest thing we can do for somebody else. I, I do, and
0: I, I mean, I don't understand. Not wanting to seek because I think I've always just been wired that way, you know, it's always since since I was really young. But what I the biggest challenge that I run into now is I want to learn so many things on any given day that I don't know how to get to all of them. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I need I need I need like. Can I the cloning thing? Maybe if I can multiply myself into a couple other versions, so I can have one person doing the work and one person over there learning new things. That would be helpful.
1: Oh, but absolutely! <laughs>
0: I can't even imagine not having that. I don't know how to not have that. You know, have you always been that way?
1: You know, I, I wasn't. You know, I, like I said before, I think I think just like myself. I mean, it has to be awakened. Mm. It's got to be awakened by, and and it takes that divine connection, and that's why I'm like telling people. Stay out of the shades, stay out of the mm-hmm. four doors and the windows closed and locked and, you know, just stay out of that and just, and feeding on the news and the, Oh my gosh, you're missing it. You're missing it. Get out and make that divine a connection. You know, contact me, contact you. We'll right. know how we work. We, we want the people to be awakened, you know? And, Absolutely. and, and that's part of, that's part of really what, that's really part of what I think our meaning is to do here. I really feel like that's part of what we're meant to do is to not focus so much on the mundane operation of the world, but focus on what comes next and mm-hmm. how to prepare well for that and and how to help other people not help other people not suffer. Imagine if we actually did what Jesus told us to do, which was love one another as he loved us. Right. Imagine how different this world would be.
0: So, in um, in essence of time, I will uh, get. I'll try to wrap this up here. <laughs> um, I would love to know where, if you can tell me where people can find you and and get a hold of you and reach you. What are your sites and things that you would like to share? Well,
1: I will tell you what, we're doing an overhaul to the Journey Principles site. Um, but you can find me at journeyprinciples.com dot uh, okay. there, or you can do backslash Stephen Scoggins if you want. I think the we have the biggest following both on Twitter and then on on Facebook specifically. Uh, we're 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 testing out Snapchat. I'm still learning that one with the different filters and stuff. So that was been new for me. <laughs> I probably should. <laughs> that have done wears that. me I, out. That's the, the new whole dis-
0: <laughs> The whole disappearing thing wears me out on, cha- on Snapchat. <laughs> so. Yeah. So um, on Twitter and Facebook, is it you or is it journey? Yes.
1: It's Steven Scoggins. Uh, okay. Um, right. On Twitter, it's Stephen underscore Scoggin until so the guy will give me the name, even though he hasn't been present on Twitter since 2011. Oh. <laughs> um, and then uh, on Facebook, it's just Steven Scoggins. And you can find okay. me there and love to connect with you. Love to hopefully uh, find out the show made a difference for you.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. It definitely made a difference for me. And um, I do seriously want to talk with you about NLP sometimes. So we might have to uh, regroup and have another part two sometime down the road.
1: Truly my pleasure. Love to.
0: Sound good. All right. Thank you for being here so much. Have a great rest of the day. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, we could have talked for a lot longer. The thing that I took away mostly from Stephen, other than just the joy of storytelling and listening, was the part about what we feed ourselves, you know, what what that we consume light. It sounds a little bit creepy and a little bit zombie like, but really that's the whole I mean, it's not like that. It's about putting in front of our eyes and into our ears the things that will keep us light inside and keep us focused on, you know, doing good and serving and being productive and things like that. You know, some of those darker things can just take us away from that. I'm thinking it's a pretty simple question I'll just ask. You know, is this making me brighter or is this not? And look at how I'm spending my time. So that's all we have for today. If you haven't found us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, we are there. We are glistening particles all over the place. On Instagram, we're glistening, oh wait, on Twitter, we're glistening parts. They just don't allow enough letters. And um, on Instagram, we're Glistening Particles, and same on Facebook. So check us out there. There's always a little something new going on. And until next time, thanks for listening.